0: Welcome back to Four in Toe Podcast, where moms can find encouragement on their journey through homeschooling. I'm your host, Elizabeth. This is episode 17. This is part two of a mini-series that I'm doing in the month of January 2020, introducing homeschool influencers who use specific styles of homeschooling and help other people use them as well. Today's interview is with Molly from the podcast, The Modern Homeschooler. Now, this interview was the very first interview I actually did for this series. And I think it was all the way back in September that I did this interview with Molly. And it was a great conversation. I will say, however, we had quite a few technical difficulties. So I do apologize for the sound quality, but it was such a great conversation with her. I wanted to be able to still share it. So we're going to go ahead and do that today. My conversation with Molly revolved around her homeschooling of her two children using the classical Conversations education method. Now she does reference Charlotte Mason approach, which is why I wanted this to be the second episode in the series. If you're unfamiliar with the Charlotte Mason style, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode 16, the one I released last week, an interview with Sonia Schaefer, who is the director of Simply Charlotte Mason. She did an excellent job explaining who Charlotte Mason was and how the approach works. She also shared about her program, Simply Charlotte Mason, and what they have to offer with their curriculum. After you've listened to that, come on back here and listen to my interview with Molly. So without further ado, here's my interview with Molly from The Modern Homeschooler. welcome back. It's me, Elizabeth, here with you today, and I'm not the only one on this episode today. It's not just me in my closet. Today, I have a special guest from the Modern Homeschooler podcast. This is Molly. She's going to help explain to us the classical conversations Homeschool method. Welcome, Molly. Hi. Thanks for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about what keeps you busy outside of your homeschool life, and then we'll get into your homeschool life.
1: Um, what keeps me busy? I I am someone who keeps busy. I keep busy by keeping busy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super unpopular in that I like to be busy. So um, I know people like to sit and do nothing, and that just drives me nuts. So I. Anything I can. So I work, it's about 25, 30 hours a week as a professional photographer. I shoot weddings. And then um, this time of year, which is in the fall and also winter time, um, I do commercial photography, which is uh, photographing businesses for their websites. And so that keeps me very busy.
0: So I've been a subscriber of your podcast for like six months now. I'm not entirely sure, but. That's
1: that's like, OG man, because that's pretty much <laughs> what <when> it started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I don't think I had to catch up very far. So from when you first started, but I've really enjoyed listening to other homeschool moms, and your journey, especially and just hearing how you do things. We were talking before we started the interview that like homeschooling is so vague. It's so different for each person. So individual. Would you share how many kids do you have? uh, What grades are they in? How long have you been homeschooling?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I have two kids. And they are ages twelve and almost eleven, and I've been homeschooling from the beginning. Harrison, um, my twelve-year-old now, he was naturally, um, he he was naturally able to do school. He he is one of those weird like kids that annoys you because he has a really long attention span. Uh-huh. Like like in, in school, you just wanted to roll your eyes at that kid because like this is so easy. I don't get it. <laughs> Why you guys are having trouble? That's that's Harrison. So he was actually fully reading uh, books at four, and nice. so. Um, We started school at three and a half with him because I was bored at home, um, being not busy with photography as much during that time. So we started school at three and a half with him and he was fully reading, fully doing uh, kindergarten math at four and uh, hasn't stopped since. So Adelaide's normal. So I'm not sitting here saying my kids are so smart. I'm just saying Harrison happens to be. So yes, I've been doing it then for eight years.
0: (laughs) So you use classical conversations for the backbone of your curriculum? Mm -hmm. Would you please help me understand the educational approach of the classical conversations method? Yeah. So classical conversations was
1: started by a woman in the 1990s um, who decided that she wanted something slightly more, um, I wouldn't say academic or rigorous. She just wanted a more overall focused approach to the education. So Classical method that comes in with that is they believe in, um, at the, at its core, virtue training, character training, as well as memorization. Mm-hmm. And so I would say the biggest difference when it comes to classical conversations is that there's two sides to the same coin, which is we both believe kids should be able to memorize things. I would say that, um, to put it in a nutshell, Charlotte Mason says, They are, um, you you want to go out from them. The information flows out where classical conversation says they're an empty bucket to be stuffed full of information. Mm. So at the end of the day, the goal is memorization and um, mastery of work. It's just two completely opposite flips of the same coin, which is so classical conversation says it's super easy for kids to memorize stuff and they enjoy it. So stuff them full of knowledge when they're young, so that when they're older, they can uh, communicate, have discussions of opposite viewpoints with other people. But they have the core, uh, they have the core knowledge to be able to discuss.
0: Yeah. With that, what subjects are focused on? Are there specific focuses, specific curriculum? Are there topics that are focused on, like? Obviously, math and English are probably there, but are there others that are focused on in that style?
1: Well, with that method, it's a really weird um, setup to the outside world, how they do it. It's a three-year cycle. And so in those three years, you cover everything that you would need to cover. The kindergartner is learning geometry equations right along with the sixth grader because of the rote memorization. Um, so they're learning the exact same history sentence from the, the kindergartner or the five-year-old is learning about O'Higgins of Chile at the exact same time that the sixth grader is memorizing the exact same sentence because we're all on the same cycle together. But in three years, we learn all of the, all of the information of the core information as in, um, the math, the math We do our own math at home, but the actual like math formulas and like the kindergartners are required. Well, it's not required, but they are taught the uh, times table. So the kindergartner is encouraged to memorize 12 times 12 and ride along. That's where it gets kind of funky. But if you think about it in the regular school system and traditional schooling, you learn about Abraham Lincoln in kindergarten Right. You just, like, dress up as him, right? Yeah. But in sixth grade, you're actually learning a little bit more about the Civil War, so you're able to go deeper. Yeah. So that's the exact same method, if you will. It's kind of like a spiral approach, I yeah. guess you would say, where it's this it's this mix of spiral and mastery at the same time because they're encouraging the kids to memorize the yeah. facts, but they're spiraling back around to it. Over the years, if you start the program in fourth grade, you're gonna go through all those cycles multiple times before sixth grade.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So now, if you don't mind, would you tell me what a day of school looks like in your home? So we, um, I always like
1: to preface this by saying we have a solid hour and a half to two hours extra of school that I would say the, the normal, not the normal, the traditional classical conversations person ha- doesn't do um, just because it's my personal preference, or I would say it's not part of the classical conversations model. Okay. Um, and so we start out our day with a half an hour of video games. Perfect. <laughs> Um, So um, so the reason why is, um, like I said, Harrison has a very long attention span and he um, has a higher level of thinking. And I think just like any true nerd, um, his brain needs something that really gets his brain, like, just figured out in the morning. And so mm-hmm. I don't want the foggy part of his morning being when we're starting school. So I'll give him a half an hour and also Adelaide because they're only 18 months apart in age. So it's kind of hard to separate them sometimes uh, educationally um, when, they're, when I only have two kids and they're so close in age. Yeah. Um, and so um, anyway, so we do a half an hour of video games in the morning that wakes up their brains, gets going. Um, and then they aren't foggy brains are ready for school. So then we do 45 minutes of Bible time, reading uh, together, discussing, uh, kind of devotional, if you will. Um, I also have them memorize large portions of scripture. I, I myself do, um, like whole books of the Bible. After the Bible time, we go ahead about 45 minutes to an hour of reading aloud, and that, whether it's Hardy Boys or you know Little House on the Prairie or any of those kind of books. The number one thing in my homeschooling that I want to get across, as part of the classical education of the virtue training, is I want my children to do hard things, and so I want to read books about people who have done hard things, and that's honestly the basis of what books we read. Um, and so Laura Ingalls, her life was hard on the Prairie, <laughs> you know, or yeah. you know, so any 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 book that has a variance of hard, that's the kind of book we read, and that's my that's that's how the books that I choose. So then we do piano, and then we do math. Um, math is on the computer. After that starts our Classical Conversations Day, part of it where uh, we spend a half an hour with memorization um, of the facts for the week that we're given. And then we have memorization and um, and then we go into English. So for Adelaide, she's doing Institute for Excellence in Writing, which is part of the Classical Conversations program until sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, a lot of things switch for Classical Conversations. And uh, we do lost tools of writing. So they do English, And then uh, Latin, Adelaide is still in the memorization stage where Harrison is now beginning to um, apply what he's memorized, being in seventh grade. So one is memorizing while the other is uh, diagramming sentences in Latin. And then after that, we do um, our science, history, and geography back to back. I I leave the fun stuff for the end. So we finish off the day with a science project or an art project or something like that. Yeah, that's fun that's kind of how it goes and we finish our day around three o'clock this is different too a lot of homeschoolers their whole goal in life is to finish by noon <laughs> or like whatever and it's it's just not it's just not me um I know I do work from home but still our school does not finish at noon it goes usually until about three or even three thirty. um just because I know sometimes people hear our schedule and they're they're amazed that we can do all that in a short amount of time but uh we just don't like My husband works 12 or 10 hour days. And so like for me, it's not like um, we're finishing just a few minutes before he gets home. We still have a solid hour, two hours before he gets home from work where we can do whatever that we need to do, you know, for our house.
0: You know, it is encouraging to me to hear you say that because with four kids, which I have four kids, three of them are in school, one's in preschool, and I can't figure out how to do young elementary school at this point with the three that are in school and be done by noon, it just, it's just impossible. And I just don't make it happen. So it's good to know that I'm not the only one. What are your top suggestions for books or manipulatives or curriculum to use with the Classical Conversations method? Uh, for
1: the curriculum and things that we choose, I would say this is where a lot of people you will see do a Charlotte Mason slash Classical Conversations mix. And um, people who aren't in the classical conversations world sometimes get confused as to how those two blend. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing is with Charlotte Mason, she's very much about living books. She's about um, a feast of knowledge as in, um, things that are beautiful and good and they're trying to implement those things and so with classical conversations we've done our memorization we've memorized about the leaves and actually study the leaves in the real world and so i think that's when you see the classical conversation charlotte mason approach mixed that's how that works so for sort of living book you yeah. know it goes right along with that also i actually use the charlotte mason artist composers and um, artists and composers that they mix with them because uh, classical conversations we study music theory and we talk about certain artists and composers but we don't dive deep into them so I actually we listen to the classical music and read the biographies from Simply Charlotte Mason that's how we kind of dig deep into those subjects I think another really good curriculum extra honestly the library I mean, I can't tell you, Classical Conversations moms, I think sometimes people who aren't in the program and haven't studied it, they think that, like, the word rigorous gets used a lot, and I don't find that to be true, being in the program. Yeah. (laughs) So um because all of these moms are usually in the program because they need the stability and they need the accountability mm-hmm. that Classical Conversations provides with the backbone. Mm-hmm. And then from there they're doing all of the Charlotte Masony things like being in nature, reading living books, baking eyes and doing all that. So that's the main thing that we do i being an artist myself well i don't know if I call myself an artist a, you should call yourself an artist person <laughs> um I would say that i we do a lot of extra art, and so I, I subscribe to many Instagram places that are, that are art inspired, that have like monthly art subscription boxes. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of those. And I think that's where the extracurricular stuff comes into play for your kids, for um, whatever the mom likes. I mean, if you're hardcore into science, there's a reason for that, that maybe your kids need that. So you do all the extra sciencey y things. Um, like where for me, just a couple of weeks ago, Harrison was like, hey, I want to do Photoshop. And I was like, what? You want to do Photoshop? Sweet, you know, because oh. that's like, <laughs> that's my entire life. Yes. <laughs> um, and I wasn't sure, you know, how he was going to play out because he's such a, I don't know how else to say it, like a desk job kind of guy. Like, he's not sporty. He doesn't, I'm not sure which direction he's going to go. But now all of a sudden, he wanted to do something on Photoshop. So, um my kid, you know, is naturally going to do that. But of course the self-education person in me said, that's cool. I totally know this program, but you need to learn it for yourself. So you get to go YouTube it. Like I literally didn't tell him <laughs> at all. How it. <laughs> and That's where the uh, do hard things approach comes in where, I mean, if you really needed help with something, I said, okay. But for the most part, I made him self-educate Photoshop right yeah, now.
0: Yeah. That's really a great idea. So
1: that's what we're doing. That's my very long answer is I, I use it all. I use all the extras everywhere.
0: That's great. I love it. That's a good answer. It, it is a good answer. I, I like it. I'm an eclectic comp schooler, and so, like, I use a little bit of everybody, <laughs> so I'm just taking notes. <laughs> I feel like that makes you a
1: well-rounded educator. If, like, if you're not a fangirl of one method, I feel like in the end, you're not just, like, I don't only go to Classical Conversations uh, yeah. conferences, or I don't only go to the, you know, and yeah. so I, that's what, that's what I decided. It's like, it just makes me well-rounded when I'm eclectic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like it. That was a good word. (laughs) Molly, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. How come my listeners find you? What's your podcast websites? Where are you? It's the Modern Homeschooler.
1: It's that simple. Um, Yeah. Thanks so much for having me here. This was super fun. Honestly, like I said, this is my very first guest as a podcast person. So that's exciting. fun for me to do that and yeah I'm just the modern homeschooler every I keep it simple YouTube everywhere else
0: I really enjoyed this conversation and appreciate your time
1: cool well thanks well thanks again this was fun
0: so that's it for today's episode of four into podcast I hope you enjoyed my interview with Molly if you want to check her out like she said you can find her everywhere on the web at the modern homeschooler Be sure to like and subscribe to her podcast, as well as this one, so you don't miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, I'd love a review. Your reviews help other homeschool moms find this podcast. It's one of the best ways to support me, actually. The podcast has been sponsored by listeners just like you. Support the podcast by joining my Patreon page to keep this podcast afloat. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Join me next time as I interview Jean from the Waldorf-inspired learning. I had a great conversation with her about Waldorf learning method. After having a conversation with her, I just can't wait to um, introduce her uh, to you next week. So be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on that episode. Until then, you can also check out my blog. I've been putting up some regular blog posts this month. Um, specifically about curriculum that I'm using, the Beautiful Feet curriculum that I am just obsessed with. So it goes right along with the last two podcasts that we've done with the Charlotte Mason method. This curriculum uses living books and it has guides to go with. Read those blogs and check out the links. Links for those are in the show notes. So I hope you guys have a great homeschool week, getting back into the swing of things after the holidays. And remember to relax, to breathe. And mama, you've got this.